We are back with another episode. Evolution returns to the podcast this week. Him and I had a lovely time sitting down at Soul Fest in the middle of Alabama in May when it was scorching hot to have really just a follow-up conversation to how his project has been progressing. He's playing all over the place. He's you know, growing not only in Florida, but in so many other places in the country. And it's so crazy because I had the chance to talk with Evolution, Drink Your Water, and a few other DJs that really started as residents, locals before they kind of broke through. And really time is doing its thing and everybody is starting to flourish and play on tours and build their value and worth in places that are on the other side of the country. And I think that is so dope. We talk about his live setup, traveling with gear, some ups and downs with all of that, you know, gear traveling stories, new music on the way. Evan's a really dear friend of mine. So it's always a fun time sitting down and chatting with him. Without further ado, this is Lizzie Jane and you're tuning into my podcast with Evolution. Hey guys, so lately I've seen a ton of larger shows I've been playing at that a lot of these festivals and venues are no longer allowing bags that are not clear. Well, guess what? Lunchbox Packs is coming in clutch again. They have just stepped up their anti-theft bags by releasing a fully clear hydration pack and snack pack. This is an absolute game changer for your summer festivals and events. Each bag is made out of TPU material that is incredibly durable, flexible, and made to not alter under extreme sun exposure over time. You also have the option to bring a skin in your bag on the way in, and once you're through that security line, you can zip on your skin for privacy of your belongings and to add some extra personalized fun flair. These hydration packs meet the majority of all festival regulations and guidelines. As always, these packs have all of the awesome anti-theft features as the original hydration and snack packs. Make sure you use code Lizzie Jane for $10 off any hydration pack and code Lizzie J for $5 off any snack pack. I will see you at the rave. The show today was brought to you by Vitaplur E-Boost Gum. With no pill to take or powders to mix, Vitaplur E-Boost Gum is a first-of-its-kind energy rave supplement that provides magnesium, electrolytes, and antioxidants while you chew. Vitaplur is the perfect complement to my active lifestyle, whether it's at the festival, on the road touring, or hitting the gym. Chew Vitaplur and dance with confidence. Use code Lizzie Jane for 10% off any order. Evan. Welcome back. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. It's always cool talking with you. Absolutely. Last time we did it in a little studio. This time we're doing it live at Soul Fest. You played yesterday. How was that? It was awesome, actually. It's really cool. It was my first time doing a pre-party for a fest, so it was really cool to see people pulling up early, and it was like perfect sundown set, so like started out bright out, and then it just slowly got dark throughout. It was really nice. Sunset set is always golden hours, and you know, before this, we were just really talking about how you know, you see it in your own kind of progression and evolution project. 
of playing opening, playing opening, playing opening, but now you're starting to get these set times that people are coming and they're coming for you. And how does that feel just to kind of see the progression of it from this very kind of literally FSU tally pop start to, you know, regional to now national. I mean, it has to be nice. It's really cool. Um, definitely like within the last year, it's been cool to see just more people like pulling up the sets when it's like unexpected. Because usually when you're a smaller guy, you have those lower set times and like you're not always sure if a lot of people are going to pull up that early to see you. So it's really cool just to be like playing a set and see like a lot of people just suddenly kind of pull up at once. It's a really good feeling. Um, first time that happened was two months ago at Okeechobee and then it got to happen again this weekend. So it's just really thankful. Heart is very full right now. Flora will always ride for you. Florida's fam till the end, 100%. Brought us to Alabama, so we're here. It's great. How was your journey up here? I think everybody has an interesting travel story. Yes, actually. So it surprisingly was not that bad. Um, we ended up just driving because it was, took us maybe five and a half hours to get here at Albrechtown, not from, but lived in Tallahassee. So used to that four hour drive. Um, flights were crazy expensive. Probably could have went the route of just flying into a cheap airport and then getting a rental car, but I did not think of that. So thank you for that idea. I would have driven though if I was from Kansas City. Yeah. I would have totally driven. It's like close enough, just make the drive, wake up early. And you know, you recently located from Tally, which that was kind of like your resting days. You and I both have those days, quote unquote. And you know, establishing yourself in Tampa, it's it's gotta feel nice. And now you're traveling for shows and you know, I would love to know what's new with the project. I mean, I've seen some flips and some remixes coming out. Are you working on, like, your next body of work? Like, what's going on? Yeah, so honestly, just working on a bunch of different shit at the same time. It sounds kind of, eh, but yeah. Um, so next EP, haven't announced yet, but that should be coming soon. So we're really excited for that body of work. Uh, got a few singles lined up. Have an official remix in June for a good home of mine. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and yeah, just continuing to grind on music, continuing to play shows, um, trying to get into new markets and spots that I haven't played for before. Yeah. I mean, it's such it's such a reality check when you kind of on the back end go, okay, I'm established in the state and people will come to me and see me in the state and they'll buy tickets and they'll support me but then you have the realization that you have to do that in every state Literally. and and then it goes okay well we're just going to start to check off the boxes do marketplace with independent promoters and then really start to grow and develop and and see the project come to fruition and you're heading back to california soon right yes really excited about that actually it'll be my third time back in fresno Shout out Fresno. It's very hard to get elsewhere in California. Yes. I will say that. I agree. I agree. Fresno holds it down. This will be my third time going back. Um, second time working with this promo company, Bon Voyage. And now we get to do a two-story venue. So I'm really excited about that. It's called Fulton 55. Um, and to top it off, it's on my birthday. So it'll be a birthday oh. little show celebration slash there. That's so exciting. Um, so next EP is in the works. Is it kind of same vibe, guitar top lines, you know, wonky basses, or have you kind yeah. of started to explore from other influences, kind of tie Definitely. in some other subgenres? Yeah, so I would say it's a little different for sure. Um, there's actually a hip-hop track on there, so I'm really excited about that. I got the boy Jamo, let him know. He did a really good job with that. Why did I know it was going to be? 
<laughs> the boy Jamo, yes. So I'm excited for that tune. Um, and then there's two other tunes on the EP. One of them is really out there and like unlike anything I've really made before. It's called Scratch. Just really like wanted to think outside the box with the sound design on that one and was trying to do something new. So I'm excited for that tune. And then haven't really announced it yet, but why not? There's no better place. So the, the EP is called Be Kind Rewind. So that's the name of the third track on the EP as well. I love it. I love it. And I know you're always someone that, you know, there's always quality in your work, but you do have like a pretty high output um, to your like creative process. I know we've kind of talked about this before, but has anything, you know, changed? Do you kind of have a similar approach to how you start every song? Is it a little bit different every time? Does it start with guitar or vocalist? You know, what is your approach to laying out things in the I could honestly say I think it's a song by song basis. So like lately I've been in the mood where just wanted to get a really good drum groove down for a drop and then start building bass pieces and then I'll build the intros around it. When I first started making music, I would just write tracks and then make a drop to the track. And I find like, I feel that's a little bit more difficult. Um, I feel like if you have a drop idea first, it's kind of easy to like intertwine the themes of that drop into the rest of the track rather than having to make a drop after making a song. So been working with that for a little bit. Um, and also now I just am really comfortably in a place where I have a lot of music built up. So I feel like I can be more selective and not just have to like release music to release music. So like there's a lot of old tracks now that I have that will probably just never get released, but it's good because I want to put my best work out. So it's nice to be in that place. That's definitely a wonderful place to be in. I, I think that's kind of when 10 years down the road, you do the flute mixtape and you put out everything under the sun that you've never released under your project's name. And then people are like, holy fucking shit, this is gold. Because I've been having these conversations recently where you really just don't know what tracks are going to hit with like certain consumers and certain people. And it's always interesting when you release a track and you're like, you know, this is not my best. I don't know how this is going to be received. Maybe this is a little bit different. I have a track on my EP that's way out there. And some people are like, it's my favorite. And, and you go, wow, I really didn't think it was going to be somebody's favorite. And that's why like at the end of the day, it's just so important to be able to you know, there's a happy medium between releasing everything that you work on because it's going to relate and it's going to be someone's favorite and then also saying, this is my best work, take this now. 100% on a similar note to that. So there's this song on... Uh my Momentum EP, one of my favorite tracks I've ever made, but personally, every time I play it live, I know it doesn't get the best reaction. It's a 90 BPM song, so it's like that weird speed where it just kind of like divides the crowd. So that song's called Rotation. Anyways, the last set I played in Tampa, someone comes up to me after my set and they were like, literally genuinely upset that I didn't play the second drop of Rotation. And we're like, you have to play that full song out. That's like my favorite song you've ever made. And that was just a moment of realizing, like, sometimes the songs that we think are going to do the best aren't always perceived by people in that way. And there's, I could say a lot of the songs for me that have done well were ones that I didn't really expect to do the best in comparison to other songs that I was like, this is the shit. And then a lot of people just didn't react to it. So it's kind of like, you kind of got to see what people are into, take that with your own taste, and then figure out how to find a happy medium. Absolutely. I mean, it's so much of like perspective based and it's always going to change. Honestly, market by market, person by person, because I feel like there are definitely places in the United States where certain subgenres like of bass music go off 
and then no. certain subgenres do not. Like if you're you know, yeah, literally so literally. divisive. You could, it just splits the dance floor. It's like people go crazy, and then the other half is like, what are you just put on? Splits the dance floor, and like okay, I played like a D and B section. I played the new remix coming out next week. Uh, it's so so excited, so excited. So pumped. Um, in Brooklyn, killed the dance floor. Everyone was like, what the actual fuck is she doing? And then in Tampa, I played it and it went off. And and it's just like, it really, really varies all the time. And that's why like at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's intriguing because, you know, you and I both have live aspects to our show, whether it's singing or playing the guitar or bringing on like a special guest performer. Um, a lot of preparation goes into that. And it's like, when I walk on stage, I know the majority of the set I'm gonna play. But you also have to be an avid reader of the room and say, okay, if what I plan to play is really not going off like it should, you know, how do I adjust to do that? Are you able to do that, you know, playing with a guitar in every live set? Yeah, so the, I need the live guitar edits are definitely kind of set up to the point that, like, I know what I'm going to play, but usually, depending on how the crowd perceives it, I'll, like, continue playing guitar for, like, a song or two after the live edit, like, over and see what I can do to same problem with it. Um, but yeah, lately, like actually set wise, I've been adding more tracks in my set list lately. That way, if I'm reading a crowd and I'm like thinking about the next track that's about to drop, I can skip that track and then not get to the end of my set and have to just go through a random folder. So that's been really helpful. Um, just so I feel like I'm not like tied to the set and I have some extra tracks that I can go through. Like yesterday at the end of the set, uh, Marvel Years was playing after and he like had to switch over his guitar. So he like wasn't ready yet. Told me to keep playing, got to play some like random DB tunes that I like would have otherwise not really played. And like that I'm was, sure it went off here. It was so much fun. <laughs> DB's just like so lit. Like, I wish you would have seen the little pool party they had going on earlier. Blossom and then Miha played. And it's just, it's it's like alive and well here for like the first time ever. They definitely like it at this festival. They were going off yesterday for DB, especially Flux played a lot of DB and it was very well perceived. Yeah. That's amazing. I love Flux. Flux is such an OG, especially for, I feel like, artists in our position where we've been doing it for a while, but we're finally getting to a certain standpoint. I feel like Flux and Circus Records, all of those were people we grew up with legitimately. And now to see, you know, so much of UK influence and everything like that and come to the United States, it's insane. But we still have a long way to go to compete with the energy overseas. I will say that. Facts. No, 100%. Flux is just an absolute legend also. That's like... I feel like live. He did, yeah, he did guitar as well. I love to do like the live set shit is awesome. He uh I feel like he's one of those few people who has songs that like exist outside the realm of media. Like my mom probably knows a song I can't stop, regardless of if she knows electronic music. And that's like really cool. I feel like I feel like to me that's like a really big goal is to like have like music heard. Like people like, for example, like Alenio. I'll be in fucking Urban Outfitters and hear like things fall apart come on. And I'm like, that's sick. Like it's it's getting getting this little community more into like more into people who wouldn't normally listen to it. I think that's like really cool. There's a lot of great music in the electronic world and just introducing that to new ears is honestly the goal. That's really cool. I feel like that's how just EDM in general has grown to the sphere that it's grown to. And and even festivals like this where you would kind of look at it and be like this is boutique but it's very very well put together and there's actually a ton of people here and and 
it's very cool to see independent festivals like this thrive and then, you know, see the massive festivals, whether it's EDC or, you know, multi-genreized Bonnaroo or Electric Forest, you know, those are just insane now. They're insane. I mean, they've reached levels that they've never reached capacity-wise. And, you know, now coming out of COVID, I would say last year was a really big quote-unquote EDM year for these multi-genre fasted festivals while everybody kind of got back on their feet. And now this year, you're really getting those true modern lineups back, those true electric forest lineups back. What was the festival? Like, how how did you, like, look at EDM and say, this is what I want to do? Like, this is me. Honestly, so surprisingly enough, I was not a festival guy before I started making electronic music. I um, I just grew up playing like rock music. We had a band room in our house. All my siblings played instruments. So like playing in like bars with my band in sixth grade, but I'm 12 years old and you have to be 18 to get into the bar, like shit like that. So I was very much into that. Um, and then when I went to college, I just was doing like acoustic shows for a while because that was what I did in high school, like the whole loop pedal thing, beatboxing, singing, playing guitar. And then when I went to college, I was like, well, there's not a whole lot of room to do this. There's like there's like one night a week where they're doing acoustic stuff. Um, and luckily, my older brother was a DJ and I kind of saw that. And I don't know if I would have got into it if not seeing that because it wasn't really something I was interested in at the time. And just being able to see like people play music that they love in front of crowds, like I, I thought that was really cool. It got me into DJing, and then the rest is history. <laughs> the rest is history. Most legitimately, evolution and project. There was also a set of really cute catch lines. Now I'm gonna try and do what I'm using. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 very interesting how I think a lot of us started as band before. You know, we started playing instruments. We started, I was the same way. I would do singer-songwriter nights at a bar that was 21 and up, and my dad would have to bring me, and then I'd have to fucking leave. And, and you know, it turns from that into the point where you kind of see these crowds that these DJs are playing for, and you're like, holy shit, like, and they're not even playing music that they wrote, you know? And, and now, what you've done is you've kind of taken advantage of this space that Expose you to so many more people than if you kind of stayed in that lane and then you brought a piece of you into it. Yeah. And you know, with the evolution oh my God. <laughs> with the evolution of your project, um, you know, I know you play live guitar. Obviously that's like what you're known for. That's part of the brand, that's part of the standhold. Um, would you explore into singing and beatboxing, you know, in the future live, like doing those live looping pedals? For sure, yeah. Um I would like to think, like, right now, as you know, because I will actually, you, so you're singing, so, like, you don't have to carry around instruments. That is not fun. I can say that. I'm about to, though. So, I'm about to embark I'll on the journey. That's awesome. I'm actually really excited for you. It's a good time. It just can be a bitch carrying things around. Um, but, yes, one day, would like to be doing, like, multiple instruments and just have a team who can actually bring all that out, because I can't possibly fly with multiple instruments. Um, but, yeah, I also actually started taking saxophone lessons about a year ago and like finally getting like comfortable playing it so that's something i'd like to incorporate down the line of just like recorded my first sax parts for an actual original track of mine so like that's really cool but yeah definitely one day would like to incorporate everything um when i was in tally i used to bring like keyboards up occasionally and do like nights where i do that as well so yeah it'd be really cool to do like a full-on live production like down the line that's definitely a dream 
I love that. And, and you know, it kind of attests that, to the fact that you can never stop learning. Like, you can always learn another instrument, another skill. I think when people kind of start to make this a career, there's so much pressure from all ends and, like, all perspectives of, like, the branding and the shows and the musical output, and especially in bass music, you know, you're expected to really have a huge amount of, of songs released per year versus, you know, being more of a, you know, rock or indie act and you do an album and then you tour and support the album and then you take the year off and you write another album. It's kind of like, you know, I, I always said when I started, one song every two months, one song every month, trying, you know, work towards an EP, work towards like a body work. And now kind of the approach to that is, okay, well, now I want it to be more of a cohesive engine, EP, take a break, EP, take a break. Because you can really, I think, expand your musical, I would say, boundaries in something where you're able to experiment back and forth. And and it's just really cool. And then the other part of that is live performances are expensive. You know, I feel like a lot of people don't talk about that where we kind of have the leisure of traveling with a backpack and a USB and a computer and, you know, your guitar, even your guitar, like, it sucks, it does suck, but it could be way worse. Oh, I mean, I can't imagine... You know, having a whole band line, having a yeah. whole team. I mean, that kind of stuff. I was talking to Gray about it. And it gets very expensive. It goes, okay, for every 20 DJ sets you play, you play one live set and you make absolutely no money. Yeah, I, I feel like there's probably a lot that goes into that. Just the whole back line, the whole team, like here in its own, especially when you're like repeatedly like doing live shows, like shit is bound to break. Like, I have definitely repurchased the same gear for my guitar probably two or three times. Like, my wireless pack broke, like, a year and a half ago. Just, it's just little things like that that add up, and it's also just, it's a lot to, like, take care of. It's a lot to keep up with. You're not just, you're not just worried about making your set. You're also worried about knowing the live parts. You're making sure that your sound checking, that's the other thing. Sound check, sound yes. check, sound check. That's, that's the other thing. Having to show up very early to sound check or... If you're a little guy like me, a lot of times you just won't get to fucking sound check. So that's that's the other rough part about it. So it's like you kind of just gotta pick things up as you go, take what you know, and just really keep it going and expand it. And just always try to do new things and incorporate new things to really keep people happy. That's why we do this is to make people happy to see their smiling faces. Absolutely. That's what makes me happy. So like at the end of the day, that's like truly all that matters. And also, you know, I want to know you know, guitar horror story. Have you lost your guitar? I know Sam. Guitar horror story. Actually, I have one. My girlfriend's looking at me smiling over there because she knows what I'm about to say. <laughs> she got me a really nice, uh, like, blacked out Gibson SG. Had, like, EMG pickups on it. It was a very nice guitar. This is, like, three or four years ago when I was in Tallahassee, still as a resident. And in the 10 nightclub DJ booth where I used to play, they have, like, a little guitar swing stand for me that you just, like, stick it on the wall. So I turn around, it's like 2 a.m., club's about to close. My guitar is laying face out on the ground. Obviously, had been knocked out of the thing and just landed. Pick it up, put it in the case, take it home. Like, didn't think anything of it. I go check on it the next day in the morning. The neck is literally split in half. And if you break a guitar, 
there's no point in fixing it. Like I could fix it for probably four or five hundred bucks, but it's bound to break again. So it's kind of just it's just showing in my studio now. It's just a mem. It's a no, mem. No. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a memory. Not a good one. Very rare to break a guitar. Also, I've had probably six or seven guitars, and I'm like, how do you break a guitar? But I'm happy it wasn't me. I just kind of turned around and saw it. Oh, that's so important, and that's such like a it's such a club thing too. Such a college club thing that you have to worry about random people in the booth who are going to break a guitar and then dip out and not say anything. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and not say anything at all. Like, oh, guitar? More? Cool. Black no else yeah. in that fly. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Like, any live venue, they would be like, are you absolutely kidding me? Literally. Do you play with the same guitar every set, or do you bring different ones with you? I've been playing with the same one for a little bit. Um, it's honestly the easiest guitar to travel with, because I've, I've been traveling with my Stratocaster. It's very light. It's like maybe 10 pounds. 15 max, but I have a Telecaster that I used to play with a lot, but it's a little heavier. Um, I'll like bring it out occasionally for some shows, but yeah, pretty much for the most part, but using the strap for a little bit now. And then tell me about like your technical setup with the guitar. You know, are you running it through a laptop and interface? Are you playing so, yeah, I actually used to do it with a pedal board. Highly don't suggest that because it just was not as big as it could have been. And I eventually switched over. Now it's all run through Ableton. Um, I use a program called Guitar Pro 6, which is like made of instruments. And it's basically like the largest pedal board of all time. So you can just choose any effects. And then I basically have a wireless Line 6, like G10 relay setup for the actual plugin and then that just runs through an interface and able to nice speed per se pretty easy yeah and it's honestly way easier to travel with i used to travel with the big pedal board and now like the thing just with my interface i have it like a little uh a little like pelican type case and it's small and it just pops right in my backpack it's easy yeah the pelican is the move the pelican is always the move stay safe i love it i never have to worry about it you never have to worry about it i remember when i did um like some of the first podcasts like for kind of like a private live thing at lost lands and i put all of my bikes in my not my carry on my check bag shout out american airlines they were all broken all broken. like done done and then i was gifted a pelican bag and i was like this is the end all be all yep. this is amazing 100 percent. oh you gotta have the pelican with the phone you just never have to worry about it I love it. I mean, okay, so we talked about your set. We talked about what's going on with you currently. Is there anything in the future that we're excited about or any new news? I know you just signed a new agency. We're going to be seeing you a lot more places soon, hopefully. Yeah, so really excited about that. Just signed with AB, um, Camila. She's working with us now. So now we're just keeping it going, just trying to get into new markets, play in new spots. Uh, keep on trying to keep on supporting more like homies for shows like there's a lot of dope people that I've met through playing shows that would like to continue those relationships and playing with people like that who you know are good people I love when I find an artist who I'm like you're a good person I will open up for you anytime like it's always a good time playing with you I love your music I love the way you treat people and that, that to me goes a long way. Is that like so down? Like, I mean, you just need to quote him. He's definitely a big one of those people, yeah. He's a super genuine dude. Um, actually, that was for the official remix that's for him. That'll be in June. So I'm really excited about that. That'll be on an album. Um, but yeah, Aaron's been like the sweetest dude. You know what's kind of funny how I kind of judge an artist's kindness, which is kind of like a weird thing, but I kind of will think about it this way. 
if I meet an artist and he takes time to say hello to my girlfriend and be polite to her, I'm like, you're a nice dude. You're not just kind of being quiet. Like a lot of people I meet, well, I'll be standing right next to Amanda and they'll just kind of like look at her and then say hello to me and walk away. And I'm like, every single time I see Aaron, he's like, how are you, Amanda? And I'm like, I can tell he actually cares about me and like my well-being. And that's, that's all you can ask for. It's like, not just an artist or someone you work with, it's like a friend. And that's like, you know, Wes does the same thing. He says, he, I can always notice. And, and it's the same thing with me. Because, you know, both of our significant others have been along, along enough to do all of our shit. And, you know, the ups and downs. Shout out, shout out. And, you know, they've met everybody by now. So it's like, okay, you're not, you know, you're a permanent part of my life. You know, and if, if they care, it's like, okay, here. You know, it's funny. It's Ryan Tent said the same thing yesterday. He said, throughout, like, my time, I can always tell if somebody genuinely, you know, wants to be there. It's not just for guest lists. It's for whatever. If they ask about my girlfriend, and they ask about my kids. Yep, literally. 100%. That's important. Like, that's... It, it just shows that you're not just, like... You're not just there to, like, gain something. You're actually trying to develop connections. Like, a lot of... I feel like a lot of artists homies are just like they're just artists homies. That's what they are. And I like when I get calls from a friend. Yeah. If they weren't DJs. I like when like I know that someone would like do something for me if I needed it. Like if I was in a situation, like I could trust that you would be there for me. And that's like that's important. Absolutely. So before we go, I need three pieces of advice for producers that are, you know, where you were not too long ago, trying to kind of really break out from a regional app into, you know, an app starting to open on national tours, you know, get bigger releases, labels, official releases, all of that stuff. So number one, I would say be consistent. Consistency is key. You always got to keep making music. Even if you slow down, even if you're going through periods where you're pumping out a lot of stuff to not a lot of stuff, as long as you're making something, that's all that matters. That's true. Um, another piece of advice. I would say, honestly, focus on DJing a lot because I feel like there's a lot of times where I really fall in love with an artist's music, but then I stop falling in love with their set. And I feel like being able to DJ and perform your music for a crowd and put that in a way that they'll understand it is really big as well. Um, and then thirdly, and most importantly, I would say just be a good fucking person. It, it goes a long way in this industry. People see right through the bullshit when people aren't nice people and when they're just looking out for themselves. And it's, it's, not about, it's not about what you can get from people. It's about meeting people and it's about gaining connections. It's about being polite. It's about really just honestly being there for people, like I said. It's, that's that's a big thing to me, it's just being a good person. I agree. Shout out to your person. I'm a huge, I'm a huge, I run them all the time, there's ever now. Love it. I, I think it's, it's... Wait, you actually took me to the shop, right? That oh, was yeah, you. I yeah. show you. I thought that was In you. Rhino. Such a dope shop. I love We see their shirts everywhere and the hats everywhere. And it's, it's just such a good saying. It's, it's, it's so true. And at the end of the day, I think no matter where you are like karma is definitely a real thing and and at the end of the day like people always show their true colors they always do so evan thank you so much for coming on today i'm glad i got to catch up with you thank you so much for having me lizzie shout out lunchbox for sponsoring as well we appreciate y'all shout out love them so much um we're keeping an eye out for the EP. Hopefully by the end of the year. Thank you, yes. 100%. Official remakes coming soon. And more shows. Thank you. Thank y'all for tuning in. Thank you, Lizzie. Cool. That was good. Fire.